Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bayman. What's up, everybody? You're not going to set it up to Mike, who's also here? And Mike's here. Our friend Michael, uh, who is also part of Kesco and plays Magic, and you've heard on the show before. What's up, Michael? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, it sounds so echoey because we're in this this fancy office of yours. You're in a different room. Yeah. Do you think that it sounds more echoey than normal? I don't know. There's less couches in here, which mm. makes it feel like that might be the reason for the echo. And if this is a problem for this episode... We'll EQ the audio and never do it again. Correct. Yeah, but did, we're, did, you guys are going to be entertained today because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Up, upcoming on the episode today, we're going to be talking about the uh, first eight rounds of the Pro Tour in yep. Spain, the modern Pro break Tour. Down, breaking down the day one meta game. And we just happen to have some inside information about said Magic the Gathering movie. This will not be a casting exercise like last time. This is actual... We believe this to be the status of the movie, and we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about that information. So interesting enough, the last episode, I believe, is our least popular episode last time we talked about the Magic movie. People didn't like that, but that's because you and I just talked about casting it with a bunch of CW actors, I think. Yeah. <laughs> should be the cast of Riverdale. Well, yeah. speaking of casting, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, but the casting... Is like, podcasting. Yeah. There you go. We're not talking about podcasting. We just are podcasting. Well... That's almost as bad as my Bilbo Baggins joke I just made. For those who don't know, the Pro Tour is happening in Bilbao. Baggins Town. <laughs> uh, Spain. Which yes, is a place I didn't know existed until today. Yeah. Alex was like, where's Bilbao? And I was like, I don't know, Baggins? Anyway, we're going to move on to the next part of the show now. That's not how it uh, went. <laughs> that would have been a much better way for that joke to have gone. I asked, where is the Pro Tour? And he said, Bilbo baggins and i was like i don't that's not how it happened you're misremembering things uh all right so let's get into some shout outs before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the episode uh, make uh, sure to follow us on twitter we are at the mmcast i'm at coast wiley i'm at ben bateman media you guys can uh follow michael at creature of the night or do you have a twitter what is it creature of the night yeah solid that's not what it is <laughs> that's not what it is at all uh i'm pretty sure it's duttered one Oh, yeah, yeah, dotted one. That sounds right. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook if you go to the Facebook group. It's sick. There's lots of cool conversations happening about magic all the, all the time. We now have a Discord in which Michael is actually one of the two moderators there. So he's now wow. slightly more official than he was before. You're the moderator on our Discord? Well, him and him and Hagen. Well, yeah, I wanted to add the Scryfall bot that uh, you can like put in a card name in brackets and it'll like give you the oracle text which is really nice because like when you're having a conversation about magic a lot of times you are like oh i'm not i don't know that card and the other person has to describe it to you but it's nice because in the we're using computers and the internet you can just put it up but nobody really knew how to add the scryfall bot so i had alex add me as a mod so i could do it and by no one he means me sweet <laughs> I, I don't know what discord is up i to. actually have no idea what discord is really it's like a chat no, software forum room audio thing we can have conversations with fans i think michael actually explained to me what it was once so it I makes think sense that he's he's running it yeah it's, it's possible that after this episode of the podcast we might live uh discord each episode while we're recording i don't see why we wouldn't do that we're gonna live discord yeah we'll just have the discord chat live recording us at the same time as the audio so you could listen in to this podcast wow. if you follow the discord when we record we generally talk. thursday mornings cool that's uh, interesting yeah so other things i just thought about that just now other things. anchor 
we have an anchor. Yep, the 10 Minutes of Modern Anchor Station, which uh, it's our daily daily content about modern. We talk every single day for 10 minutes. There's a lot of fun stuff on there, deck ideas, all kinds of stuff. I talked about a wild canter uh, bone picker deck the other day. Uh, and then uh, there's there's this thing called Patreon, and we have it. At patreon.com slash themmcast, that's how we stay afloat with this podcast. Correct. We keep it going, and if you want to help us out, uh, it would be really appreciated because we need your support and help to keep this podcast going. And, yeah, that's... Yeah. My mom recently, who is a current contributor to our Patreon of $10 a month, was like, do you guys still do this? I'm donating every month. And I was like, yeah, we are, mom. That's so nice. She's, yeah. I didn't know that your mom donated. Yeah, she does $10 a month. I'll have to send her a personal thank you note. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if uh, the last thing is, uh, you guys may have heard us many times on the episode or the podcast talk about Super Party Battle, which is the game that we made. Michael was the head developer of it. I was the head designer. Uh, ben is in all of the photos on the box. <laughs> Uh, And that is at thinkgeek.com. So if you look up Super Party Battle there, it's like a Magic the Gathering meets King's Cup party game. It's really cool. You get shot glasses. It's fun. Uh, But that company that came out with that game called Kess, which is the company that I started, uh, also just came out with this big spring-summer line. So if you go to Target right now and look for hula hoops in the aisle and you see really pretty ones or you look for things called a drop-top ball in the aisle, you can go buy them. And I would be very appreciative of that. The balls are really cool. They're spiky. They feel really sweet. If you're into ASMR stuff or just kind of just into cool balls, you pick buy them, them at Target. You don't want to put them down. That's the way these things yeah. work. So that's that. And I think those are the shout outs. You just heard us do a long winded intro to do something that we then end up doing later because that episode you're hearing and the episode you're about to hear now, they are part of an episode that we recorded about three weeks ago. We got this news about the magic movie and kind of what we wanted to do with it. We decided to hold on to it and wait to break the news till a little bit later. Um, there are some things in there that we just decided were better saved until around now, and uh, you are going to hear us have a full discussion about the information we have on the Magic movie. So, a couple things that are happening. Alex is not here with me as I record this. This isn't even an intro. This is a mid a mid-tro. You heard us do an intro, now you're going to hear me do this. The first notable and relevant thing is that 10 Minutes of Magic, which became 10 Minutes of Modern, which is the anchor station we talk about every single week, the station is on a temporary or possibly permanent hiatus, and I explained this somewhere else already, but basically, Anchor has restructured their content creator platform to support only a few stations, um, and when I say support, I mean financially support their creators, and so I am actually working for Anchor in a different capacity now doing a station called Nerds and Suits Movies, which is really exciting. It's a movie review, movie news show that I'm doing daily. I'm now an official movie critic member of the press going to everything the week before it hits theaters and posting reviews. I've got all of this week's reviews up now. So, you know, Black Panther from last week, Game Night. I've got Annihilation that posted today. That's all very exciting and, and a big, huge step in my career because a lot of you guys that know listen know that movies are my jam and I work a lot in that industry. So, Getting to officially be a critic where I see everything early is exciting for me. However, what it means is it leaves us a little bit in limbo. The 70 minutes of content extra per week that you guys were getting from me, talking about wild brews and all kinds of different stuff, to do that in some capacity will take effort, a significant amount of effort on my part, that I don't know that I have the capacity for right now. However, I'm going to put this out there yesterday on Anchor, but I wanted to officially put it out here. If you guys, listeners of the show, really, really liked the Anchor app, if you not even just like the UI on the app, but if you really enjoyed getting the extra 10 minutes of content, I can do that. It's something I can do. And what I would need from you guys to do that is I would need to start a separate Patreon for 10 minutes of modern, and it would have to hit a certain level. My, by my count, the number of people that were listening to the station, if I could get two to three bucks a month, 
like on, on average of two to three dollars a month from fifty percent of the people that were listening, uh, I could justify doing the station. It would be less money than I was getting to do it in the first place, but I would still be able to do it because just the time I would set it up, I'd figure out a way to do it. I enjoyed it. It was something that I had a lot of fun doing, um, but it obviously is t- a time commitment to make sure that I do it. I did. I did it for almost three hundred sixty-five days straight with maybe like four days off. So that's the big change from the intro you just heard. Everything else is still there. Patreon, Twitters, all those things. If you do want to hear the movie news thing, if you're into movies um, and you follow me there, at Nerds and Suits on Twitter, anchor.fm slash Nerds and Suits. Um, anchor just launched a whole new platform. It, like my podcast is available on Spotify. If you just look up Nerds and Suits, you can listen to all my reviews there. Um, so that's cool. It's, it's, and it's also a great tool now. You can start your own podcast all from your phone edit together all kinds of different segments on your desktop. It's really cool. It's free. It's great podcast hosting. So upcoming, we have this whole bit we're going to do about the Magic the Gathering movie. And uh, I don't think I really need to say anything else as a precursor because you guys should listen to it. This is all pretty pretty uh, not out there information, but uh, this should be pretty cool to hear what you guys have to say about it. So thanks for everything. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the episode, and we'll be back next week with a uh, you know full regular me and Alex talking about top 10 list or something episode or something else. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Now let's get into the part of this that's uh, the interesting, this is the, the, the breaking news portion of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into this discussion of the Magic the Gathering movie. Now, some of you guys probably remember that the Magic the Gathering movie for a long time has been sort of vaguely discussed, right? There's at one point... I think we all remember the most notable piece of information that came out a few years ago was that the Game of Thrones writer, there was a Game of Thrones right. writer uh, named Brian Cogman, and he was he had done a draft, and there was a talk about, you know, is magic going to be this big this big It's thing. at Fox. One of the head producers behind the, the uh, X-Men universe was going to be the main person so behind it. Disney owns it now, right? I guess, yeah, theoretically. Yeah. So right. this Which was like isn't a whole... bad, because Hasbro and Disney have a very tight relationship and disney's been doing good work lately i mean so what we what we were able to do is uh, a good friend of ours had some information and we got a document that had some breakdowns of characters um and we're going to talk about those characters and we have a kind of what a couple, those breakdowns are yeah and we have a couple production notes that have happened over the last couple years so this the coolest thing about this is that it's most up to date of any information that i've seen about this it goes as recently as november of 2017 right like these are like notes and uh, and production developments that we can talk about that are like a couple months old. Right. So there is this this movie is moving. It's just moving very very slow. Yeah. And what this is is like when 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 people make a movie and they need to do casting breakdowns and they need to be able to get casting directors to be able to submit on characters and they need little blurbs to kind of describe them. So it'll be kind of a basic idea what the story is, who's the lead, what their interaction with some other characters are going to be, and then casting directors can submit a giant stack of pe- papers that I, when I worked at a casting agency or yeah. uh, a talent agency, I literally would just staple headshots and resumes and be like, Johnny blah, 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 who is a warrior mage who, or, you know, or is the lead of the character and he's looking to have a good time tonight, but then his his car gets stolen. He has to find it. And then we just would submit every good looking actor that we had to that, that report. Right. Um, and so this is kind of those descriptions of the characters. What's interesting is it also breaks down a lot of what it looks like they're planning the story to be, um, which we'll get into. Yeah. So most notably, uh, this story is based around Chandra. That's what, that's what we have. That's like the most, I guess if you were going to ask somebody like, what can you tell me about the magic movie? 
Uh, that's the first thing that I, that I notice here. Yeah, the, the, the Chandra is the main lead and Tezzeret is the main antagonist. Well, we don't know because we have in order the list of characters. Well, but even in the descriptions, the, it Tezzeret's goes listed Tezzeret's, third. He's listed. Tezzeret's listed third. It goes into he's the person they're trying to feed. It does sound like Nicol Bolas is in the shadows because he's on the he's list. He's the Thanos, right? Yeah. I mean, because you know anybody trying to make a magic movie is going to try and Avengers it, right? Where you do a movie, see if it's successful, and if it is, you can le- try and leverage this into a universe Nicol or whatever. Nicol Bolas on here is listed as cameo male. Tezzeret is listed as supporting male. And the only role on here that's listed as lead is Chandra. Yeah. Leading female, everything else is listed as supporting or cameo. Sure. So, so let's, we... let's get into, why don't we do the description of the movie and then get into character descriptions. If yeah, you want, so... we can take turns reading it if you don't want to read the whole thing. Just no, it's good. It's good. Okay. So the logline is, after discovering that she has magical powers, a young girl joins forces with wizards, a.k.a. planeswalkers, who battle their opponents by using various spells, enchanted artifacts, and creature summonings. Now, in uh, 2016, there was a note that the, this should be like Force Awakens. They want something kind of similar to what James Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's not surprising that like a note like that would exist on a sheet like this because obviously those are great movies and when something is great and targeted towards kind of a youthful audience. I want this to be like the best two things that have come out as franchise yes, movies in exactly. the last five years. Right, and I think this does hint towards the fact that they want to build a greater universe because both Star Wars and the Marvel movies are, you know, pieces in a greater universe. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a running joke that there's like not a movie that's pitched without being, and there could be six more movies. Right, because Even every, like, every studio wants to be on the ground floor of the next big you know, Avengers course, franchise right. or whatever. Like Bright, I think the Netflix movie that's like considered the worst movie of the year was like pitched as a extended yeah. universe. Well, there's already a second one coming yeah, out. So. <laughs> I think that movie, like, uh, there was like all that discussion and controversy about like, was it a flop or was it good or was it bad? And, and like, people watched it, so it's considered good. <laughs> well, like, Netflix metrics are so different than the world. But yeah, let's get back to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, let's get back to this. So, uh, yeah, so, so there's like been a bunch of different notes over the years um, on this. The project has definitely existed for a long time. Uh, Chandra is first, so I'm going to read uh, the Chandra description. Uh, feisty, tomboyish beauty. Chandra discovers that she has the powers to create fire with her hands. One day, her power summons the, the bud of a flower called the Lotus. An evil being named Tezzeret is determined to consume the lotus in order to harness its power. Chandra winds up discovering that she has a planeswalker, someone who can travel between worlds in the multiverse, thousands of parallel worlds bound together. To defend Tezzeret, Chandra teams up with Garrick and other planeswalkers who battle their opponents by use of various spells, enchanted artifacts, and creature summonings. Leading female. Sounds like somebody went through and was like, <laughs> and like these are all the very iconic words and terms that are used in this world. What'd you say it was called? Magic the Gathering? I'll just write a script. Oh, Black Lotus. That's a good card. She has to harness the power of the Lotus. Like, yeah, the mention of the Black Lotus is the well, I mean, when you, part. When you pick, when you go and like, you know, what's iconic about magic? What's going to draw in people who have heard of the game but are not familiar with it? And Black Lotus is the most iconic magic card. I mean, you For can ask sure. a person on the street, have you ever heard of... Black Lotus, and they might be like, "Yeah, isn't that like a magic card?" I mean, yeah, like the <laughs> yeah. the name drop that every person who is like, "Oh, you do magic things?" Like, I had a black like they're always, like it's always like the word Black Lotus. <laughs> do you have a up. Black Lotus? Yeah, That's my yeah. favorite question. It's like, "Oh, you yeah. play magic? Do you have a Black Lotus?" <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And you're like, and you're like, there's like a few thousand of them in the entire world. So no, no, I don't. Yeah. So so what's interesting is as we go through this, there's a the story that kind of precursored Zendikar block was Jace and. It's the story of the Jace vs. Chandra deck that came out. Yeah. Is both of them looking for the the scroll that teaches her how to do ghost fire that she uses to eventually right, right, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like an Ugin scroll. It definitely feels like as we go these descriptions, they're replacing that scroll with the Black Lotus because it's a more archetypically known thing for the magic community. Yeah. 
yeah. or beyond the magic community. So, so that's the Chandra description. Um, now, I don't know if we're going to, like, how, because this would take a very long time if we, like, go heavily into every one of these. Well, we don't the, have to go through the, uh, we don't have to do the character just breakdown we just did, but we should read every yeah, description. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I think mm-hmm. the most notable thing is that the second character listed on here is Garrick. Sure. So Chandra's listed 10 to 17. Garrick's listed in his 40s. Uh, Garrick, a tall, powerfully built warrior clad in furs and green leaves, is armed with a large bow, serrated arrows, and a big axe strapped on his back. A warrior that rescues Chandra when she planes walks for the first time. At first, Garrick doesn't want to help Chandra, but he winds up growing fond of her. Garrick teaches Chandra how to tame her power. He was once known as a wild speaker because he could summon creatures to fight for him. Garrick winds up using the skill again to help Chandra defeat Tezzeret, supporting male. It has to be played by Hugh Jackman, right? Am I making that up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Hugh Jackman tall? I thought he was not that tall. Yeah, he's like 6'4". Oh, uh, okay. Wolverine's not supposed to be tall. Feels like that's Hugh Jackman. like Apple Box. That's cinematography, though, that they make him not look yeah, super yeah. tall. Though. I actually <laughs> have that accent right behind me. It should be Daphne Keene and Hugh Jackman. Should just be Logan, except this movie. <laughs> uh, he definitely he definitely comes off as the they like combined Han Solo and Obi Wan Kenobi into one character. Totally, yeah. Uh, they were just like, let's smush this archetype into. Ow, my arm's broken, but it, okay. It also seems like they a little bit. Um, it feels like they're making him a little seeming like a little more human male than I always imagined Garrick was when I. Like, I don't looked think at the that cards. we have a lot of stories about Garrick. I mean, he seems very beastly. When you I, see him. I, I took a break quickly. right after Lorwyn, and I, you know, didn't wasn't really reading the story back then. But up until, up until, uh, I mean, the first time Innistrad. he appeared on a card that had stories written about it was Innistrad. Yeah, and before Innistrad, he was just like a card that was in corsets. And I feel like if he was in the story at all, he would have appeared. There's like prequel comics. There's some stories about him and Liliana fighting each other during the Garrick versus Liliana duel deck they came out with, yeah. and and it was about like I think that was a chasing the chain veil stuff. But I feel like we don't have a lot of precursor. We don't have a lot of precurse Garrick to go off of Correct. really in terms of. So they kind of get a blank slate with Garrick, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know what's going to happen to him theoretically. Do well, we? we don't know for sure, but I, I like. A, There's a black get, lotus involved in this movie. Right. I don't know that we can necessarily the, use our knowledge of magic story to predict this one. In franchise movie stories, the character that he is seemingly fulfilling—that being the teacher and/or the rogue that has a morally moral right. compass that's off—is also the quickest to die, sure, or have something terrible happen to them. So. And Garrick was, you know, cursed. Garrick was the face of their branding for a year, right. you know, relatively recently. So, you know. Yeah. Well, a few years ago, right? Curse Garrick. Magic fi- fi- 2015. Or oh. Magic 2015, so I guess 2014. Really? I thought yeah. Curse Garrick was in... in uh... it, it was in Innistrad, but then he was the bad guy of 2014. Uh, that's why they did the Comic-Con why... Axe, because gotcha. that was the year that... Uh... Oh, oh, Curse Garrick, the black-green one. The, yeah. The, the, the so they did, the like, black-and-white packaging, and then Garrick in black-and-white with, like, purple yeah, eyes. Yeah, I remember that. And, like, I would say more than any other standee, the giant Garrick with a big axe is still at the most random comic book stores you go to around the country. So yeah, the Abyssin's like, pretty cool too. The Abyssin's cool. But that was like last year. Yeah. And this, yeah. So I would say Garrick was like a big pop culture moment for them, which is really interesting. So let's read Tezzeret. Yep. Um, I'm stoked that Tezzeret's in this. I just love Tezzeret. So, um, all right. Tezzeret reads his 40s. His right arm is metal, a magical alloy called Ethereum with sharp pincers where his hand should be. He has metal enhancements on other parts of his body as well. An evil being who is determined to consume the Lotus in order to harness its power. Tezzeret is sick and the Lotus could heal him. Chandra teams up with other planeswalkers to defeat 
Tezzeret. Now it says reads his 40s, but feels like that's Jeremy Irons. Am I making that up? No? Are you going to cast this whole movie as we're going through this? I just, as I'm reading it, I'm like picturing people doing it. There. Well, this is, I mean, this is what the casting people are doing, right? Is yeah. like, you know, they're sending out this memo to talent agencies, like you said, and they're like, oh, that sounds like, you know, my guy, what's his name, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know how the movie yeah, industry it's works. Ron but, yeah. uh, so Tezzeret, all right. So uh, he needs the he needs the lotus to heal him because he's sick. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, also metal like, poisoning. Remember when Gary Oldman in uh, Lost in Space gets sick? Yeah, and turns, that that, that was evil? actively horrifying to me as, as a, a child. I, I had like nightmares, and probably I haven't watched the movie since then. Yeah. Uh, I see. I've seen part of it. It's not good. Lost in Space. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, yeah he's in that he movie. gets that cool metal suit. That's probably the best part of the movie was in the trailer. I've never seen like, this uh, movie. Actually, it's my favorite thing because I think it came out after yeah. uh, Force, not Force Awakens, after Phantom of the Menace it did, yeah. or Phantom Menace. And if you can, it's like my defense of Jar Jar, who's not a defendable character. Right. But the CGI of Jar Jar is extremely impressive because yeah. the CGI character in Lost in Space, which was like high budget, yep. high end, is so terrible compared to Phantom Menace, which came out at least a year before that movie did. I believe, and it's like, it's bad. It's like, it's surprising how good Jar Jar holds up. Uh, obviously, from a character standpoint, he does not, but from a like CGI character standpoint, he's so much better than anything else from that decade other than maybe like Jurassic Park. I think that if I was going to guess that I'm pretty sure that movie came out in 2000. Okay, so one wrong. year after Phantom Menace? Could be in the same year, honestly. Well, you look it up. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, we don't have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Yeah, all right. In the comments on uh, you know iTunes or whatever, let us know. Year before. Oh, year before. Okay. Still terrible CGI yeah, yeah. for the same year. You know, within for a year sure. of each other. Uh, all right. So that's Tezzeret, and then we have a Johnny Goldman, also reads his forties. Uh, he's a part man, part beast. His face is that of a lion with a scar in the place of his left eye. A uh, powerful white mage who once tried to counter the enchantment on a city that traps planeswalkers. Sh- uh, yeah. Chandra and the others rescue a Johnny from a prison, and he winds up sacrificing himself to save Chandra's life. Ah, so he's the Obi Wan Kenobi. Of this Spoiler movie. alert! Well, we well he's the Obi Wan Kenobi the... in Magic, right? I mean, yeah. he's like the mentor character yeah. in the. Well, so I guess the question is: that hint that a Johnny's going to die soon in the regular Magic universe? It's we got a black loot. Yeah. yeah. How many? Ajani's... I've been predicting that for a while. How many have we had now? Five, six. Uh, we've had two green white ones, not including the weird Planeswalker yeah, yeah. intro decks. We have two green white ones. Three One white red, ones? white ones, and three white ones. I think there's that's the, right. There's the three drop. There's the four drop that augments your counters, and then there's the original. Yeah, sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah, six. Yeah, I don't think we've had any like triple white. Seven, drops. if you include the dual deck, the dual deck, one. or not the dual deck, but the the it's intro. A lot deck. of a Johnny's. Um, so that's he's a, a popular Goldman. character, actually. Yeah, uh, especially among kids. A lot of the Splainswalker cards are sweet. He's a big I've cat. Always, Cats I've are popular. Said that I think yeah. that I, I've always said that I think that the three-drop double strike Johnny is underutilized. Yeah, I have it in Geist. I've one-shot killed more people with that card in Geist, my commander deck, than yeah. most other cards in that deck. There's like a real argument to playing that Johnny with immolating Soul Eater in Modern, <laughs> and like a deck where you just like play Thoughtseize on turn one, and then you just go all in and kill them on turn three with like a double strike guy that you can make huge there's cheaper like, ways to do double strength though it's yeah, like the end sure. safer ways to <laughs> i think team or battle rage takes a johnny mostly out of the equation in yep. modern but agreed but at least that johnny's reusable so true ish yeah. ish yeah it's true it almost just like dies you'd have to have like something to plus the well, he pluses turn. up to four i think right so you can i mean on an empty board he's not bad whereas team of battle rage is yes yeah all right all right so next up on the list we've got jace balerin 25 uh, dark hair, 
penetrating gaze. His eyes are a glowing bright blue, a flourish that will always accompany his magic. Jace is a planeswalker with the power to control minds. At first, Jace is hesitant to assist Chandra and the others, but he winds up helping her defeat Tezzeret. So Jace is supporting male. He's builds fifth here. Uh, I find that surprising. I just below Garrick and Johnny. Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, if you were to build Star Wars uh-huh. in ahead of time, like in '77, in '77, before the movie came out, where do you put Leia? Well, you'd have to put. So like the, it'd be Obi Wan, Han, Luke, and Vader would be the other four that would be like build the highest. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I think you go. Luke, Luke Obi Wan, because you don't cast Vader really. Vader isn't it, like that's a voice actor you're getting. That's like the fifth bill then. So it's like you'd probably go like yeah, like Luke, Obi Wan, Han, Leia. Maybe Leia above Han. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe Jace is like Chewy. where he's like a supporting character in this movie, and he gets a second movie. That's, that's what I'm that's thinking. Because yeah. yeah. if they want to do, if they want to do an extended universe type deal. This movie is the first one out of the gate. Chandra's the main character, and then they expand on the individual characters like they did in Marvel, you know, after the Avengers and we got... It's smart for them to base the movie around a female character. It's it's a much better idea in this day and age to do that, so that's, I'm sure, why... That's, I'm sure that's why it is, is mm-hmm. that they know that. I think Chandra is also just a Also, I think that when they came liked. up with the idea for this movie, we were, you know, where magic was at was like Kaladesh, right? I mean, so yeah. Chandra versus Tezzeret was already something that the Wizards team had laid I, out. I mean, Chandra's so mom is in when the list. The, when the movie writers go and visit Wizards and see what's going on in the magic story, it's Chandra versus Tezzeret. I mean, to be totally fair, uh, at the end of 2017, the note we have is that they are still looking for a filmmaker who can essentially redo the entire movie. Um, they have come to a point now that they know what they don't want, and they've they've done the work to establish that, but they are looking for somebody to come in and start, to start the whole thing over. Sure. So we don't know if like this cast list will end up being in the final movie, or if this cast list has to do with the fact that the last two years has been them experimenting with what they do and don't want, and the new filmmaker is going to come in using these characters in this order and make that movie. Well, and, and, and kind of the other point is, is and this is what I was you know, kind of hinting at a little bit when you talk about one of these reports, it's regardless of what the story is here, these little blurbs gets you pretty close to just the archetype of the Planeswalkers for the game. Like, if I, right. if you were to describe Chandra, this isn't the worst thing. And even though if the story of the movie doesn't actually go down this path, a... Well, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see close. who they have as, like, the main supporting characters. Correct. I mean, because it's not focusing on the Gatewatch. Gideon isn't even on the list. Right. right. I mean, it's it's going back, you know, to the Lorwyn 5, effectively. I mean, the top Garrick of the plane is Lorwyn 5, plus the bad guy, Tezzeret. Yep. Uh, you know, Liliana is a little bit farther down, but she's in there, too. So there, you know, it is interesting to see what era of the game's storyline they're focusing on. Well, it's Lorwyn and, and Shards. It, I well, think. Lorwyn didn't have a... Like, you know, the Planeswalkers were not in Lorwyn's story at all. In fact, right. you know, uh, a Johnny didn't meet... I'm going to... I'm probably going to regret this when somebody corrects me, but I don't think a Johnny met any of these Planeswalkers until the Gatewatch. Not Gatewatch. It was Because he was on Alara, but nobody... None of these Planeswalkers were on Alara. Kaladesh. It was Kaladesh. That's what I meant. Because he yeah. shows up in the tournament ring to fight Tezzeret, and then they all show up. So like, Right, because he was tracking Tezzeret on his own. So correct. Ajani, you know, they're kind of going back to Lorwyn and using that as the basis for their story, but Lorwyn didn't have a story, so they kind of have a blank right. slate. There. I mean, like, Tezzeret, Nicobolus, everyone but basically uh, Elsbeth and Sarkinval are from the first two sets. So, like, they're literally going back to the beginning of Planeswalkers here instead mm-hmm. of going back to the Magic and Origin And Nicobolus was right there, too. Yeah. 
So let's keep going through. Uh, so next up on the list, we've got Liliana Vess, 30s, a stunning woman with ebony hair, clad in flowing black and purple robes. The red tattoo-like markings of her pale skin glow in the darkness. Liliana fights alongside Chandra and the others, but we wind, we wind up learning that she's bound to an evil master named Nicol Bolas. Rebecca Ferguson, anyone? Right? No? <laughs> Gonna keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what people didn't like. Uh, yeah, I mean Liliana's there. She's exactly what it sounds like she was doing. This is the story of the the artifice. Like it, they're switching Jace and Chandra in this storyline, but the agents of artifice was literally Jace versus uh, Tezzeret, who is the head of a group of people that and they're the bad guys and Liliana like is romantically involved with Jace and then he, he finds out that she's technically working for Nicol Bolas and Tezzeret the whole well, time. Well he was working for Nicol Bolas technically also but yeah <laughs> uh, and so like all gets down to like and then they're betrayed and that's why there's the love tension between them even to this day between Jace and Liliana so not surprising to anyone and Fair there's enough. technically love and tension between Chandra and Liliana so we don't know what's gonna go on here yeah uh, it's she, th- there's like a lot of obviously like tropes that we're used to with these types of movies. And right. as I'm reading these descriptions, you can sort of hear and see. And the reason it's so easy for me to like throw out somebody in my mind is because like I've s- these images we've seen before, we like know what these characters look like. Right. Magic right? based its characters off of pretty arch, especially in the beginning was very archetypical. Yeah. 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 So next up we've got Ashiok. Um, so this is, I think where the, the, the list gets really interesting. Um, the final list is Ashiok, Kira, Tybalt, Zeranth, Falcon, Lud, Vraska, and Nicol Bolas. We'll go through each one of these briefly here, sure. but that's like a much stranger final five or six yeah. than the initial characters. Uh, because if you, I mean, there's like a hundred, there's like a hundred Planeswalker cards now or more. Uh, and, and I mean, different Planeswalkers within each of those printings, but there's still like, I think at least 30 or 40 Planeswalkers. It kind of feels like they were like, hey, wizards, send us images of the villains in your, in yeah. your card game. And then they were like, dude, Ashiox looks dope. Vraska looks dope. You know, right. those are the ones. This this feels very much a we're gonna go visit Nicol Bolas and he's gonna have his cadre of supporting villains that he controls that are like Tezzeret's like Well, I think equals. Ashiok could be like the archetypal Tezzeret henchman, right? I mean, basically, you know, the, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. like the apocalypse, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, like I like they're gonna go there and they're all gonna it's gonna be like Thanos' throne room and it's gonna be a weird cutaway and they're all gonna be sitting there you and know. then Tezzeret is odd, is uh, Doctor No, and Ashiok is Odd Job, or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like a, it's the it's the it's the Evil Avengers, and you know maybe they're starting out with Evil Avengers existing already, which is a trope, and then it's all about the Gatewatch forming to fight them. I really want to make Ashiok good. I like love that card. She's in a lot of different decks. She's, She's in all the like blue black pirate uh, uh, processor decks too. Right, right, right. It's good. You can plus her to exile her cards. Um, so Ashiok, uh, that's that's up next. The top half of Ashiok's head fades away into black smoke, just like the card. Um, <laughs> and smoke animates as you look at it. The lower half of the face sports ashy gray skin with black lips. Ashiok is one of Tezzeret's henchmen. Tezzeret kills Ashiok because he tries to eat the lotus himself. Oh, man, I called male it. Yeah, slash, that was good. Supporting male slash female. Uh, because because Ashiok was supposed to be general neutral as a character, right? Isn't yes. The, yeah, it does yeah. not. Or she, it. Yeah, they do they, not have a gender. Not yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah, the card does not have a gender. <laughs> um, so, so that's Ashiok. Next we have Kira, um, a character that's never had a good magic card. Late thirties to forties. Kiora, right? Oh, oh, Kira. It's just Kira on here. K-I-R-A. Oh, like the great glass spinner. That yeah. is a good card. <laughs> Kira is sweet. Oh, yeah. It's not that card. It's not. I'm sure it's a new character, probably. Read it out loud. 
Chandra's mother. It's Pia, it's and, Pia and Kieran combined into one word. Yeah, Chandra's mother. When Yikes. Kira learns about Chandra's <laughs> powers, she worries that her daughter will be banished for using forbidden magic. She winds up becoming Tezzeret's prisoner, but Chandra saves her. This feels like this description was written before or like a long time ago, maybe. And I then don't know. Just I mean, that's, that's actually just what happens in college. That's true. Is... Tezzeret imprisons Pia to like well, but they knew bait what- Chandra into doing something stupid, and then she does because that's how Chandra's super predictable. <laughs> well, so 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 that story happened two years ago. They knew what was happening on Kaladesh when they were doing Magic Origins more than anything because yes. they were doing it. Yes, and the Magic movie was announced like the year before Magic Origins, Magic Fifteen during two thousand fourteen. So it's possible that they like didn't have the names locked down yeah. yet. And it feels like I mean, you could literally have this whole movie written and casted with the names all being wrong and then when you get down to filming you're like you know you show it to Wiz- Watsy or Hasbro or whoever and you're like how about this and they're like oh just change that name and then you just change find and name. replace on yeah. the script and you're done <laughs> yeah so next up on the list we've got Tybalt the best planes the best two mana planeswalker ever no that's not true yeah Jace yeah, Prince Prodigy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, showed up was like screw you peace and is yeah just really good reads his 30s impish clad in crimson with two small red horns poking from his head and a permanent jack-o'-lantern grin on his face Tybalt's another of Tezzeret's henchmen he gets trampled during the final battle a lot of these characters die apparently oh so I like upped them and oh. they were lowered they're, so they're they Tezzeret's picked, people they picked out the minor villains from magic like Ashiok and Tybalt and to be Tezzeret's like, minions we'll kill them <laughs> Well, it says, I told you, Nicol Bolas reads his 40s, part dragon, part man. Liliana's an evil master. Nicol tells her to stay close to Chandra and the others in order to earn their loyalty. Cameo male. So he's, the, he's clearly the second movie villain. He's the actual villain. Tezzeret's or the or multiple Yeah, we movies. see a scene of he's the Tezzeret reporting to shadowy Nicol Bolas at the end, like Snoke in Force Awakens. Well, it's Liliana. Because it sounds like, uh, like Liliana, Liliana gets sent uh, the ally, and then at the very end, she like sends back, and he's like, I'm sorry, I failed at getting close to them. And Nicol Bolas would be like... It's just right. okay. This is what I planned, and then, but for some reason, Nickel Bolas is rushing in my head because we did a because Nickel is maybe you get the, a Tim Curry thing. to do the voice acting. <laughs> a diamond mine of incredible bounty. Uh, all right, so uh, Tybalt. Then you got Zeranthe Falcon. Reads his thirties. A, a lithe, blue-green skinned warrior woman, feathers growing from her shoulders, and a falcon perched on her arm. Oh no, Zeranth. It's just this falcon under it. <laughs> A blue-green warrior and a falcon perched on her arm. Another of Tezzeret's henchmen, Liliana, kills Earth with the kiss of death. So this is just a random other villain they wanted to grab into. And Well, that's interesting. Liliana kills Tezzeret. So I wonder if Tezzeret doesn't work for Bolas in this. Or if there's just inter... Yeah, you know, something. Uh, that's um, how she... Because she doesn't kill Tezzeret. She kills one of his random henchmen. That's well, true, easy, but... Yeah, okay. That's an easy, like, I'm going to become friends with you by killing sure. one of the Makes bad guys, sense. minor dudes that I don't care He's about. not even on a card. <laughs> Next up, we've got Ludd, L-U-D-D, reads his 30s, a burly orc-like warrior with scaly reptilian skin and a necklace of large tusk-like teeth around his neck. Ludd is another of Tezzeret's henchmen. Tezzeret kills Ludd when he is frustrated. Supporting male. Another dead character. <laughs> <laughs> All of Tezzeret's henchmen get wrecked. I wonder what happens to Tezzeret. Hmm. He dies. I'm guessing he dies. I'm guessing he doesn't get the Black Lotus, and then he dies. <laughs> and then the Black Lotus is basically is this basically the uh, what they call it from uh, Transformers? In the, the beginning, never spark. there was only the cube. Yeah, um, you get three mana. 
Yeah. And then last up, he's already read Nickel Bolas. We have Vraska reads his 30s. Vraska is a Gorgon with sharp teeth and Medusa-like tendrils for hair. Vraska is an evil planeswalker who tries to stop Chandra and the others when they rescue Ajani from imprisonment. Cameo female. So this one, so both Vraska and Nickel Bolas are listed as cameos. So they're just in it for oh, a second. Oh, so that's nice. Vraska is not connected to the main storyline at all. She's just the prison guard or whatever. So that means they can bring her back for a redemption arc like they did in Ixalan if they so choose. That's interesting. So this is going to basically... I wonder how much like Mortal Kombat this is going to be. We're like all <laughs> like rep like reptile and Sub Zero and just like they're trying to like find ways to put all these characters in the movie. Briefly. Except that like it's all villains, which I think makes more sense. Like it sounds like they have a storyline where like Chandra sparks, she finds Garrick, they do training montage, they need to go stop a dude. To do that, they need to get a Johnny because he knows where Tezzeret is or where the Black Lotus is. They go save him, Vraska cameo. Then they go and then fight Tezzeret and they find, and they find Jace. They find Jace. Somewhere they just in hire there. us to write this movie. Yeah, we got this. Honestly, I think we could knock this out of the park. We'll yeah. do a live writing session on the podcast. <laughs> we'll just, just submit just this tape. Stream it on Twitch. Just yeah. us writing. It just, be great. It's just the what's the script writing software that I'm forgetting? Final draft. Yeah, final draft. Just a final draft screen yeah. and then us yelling at each other. I, uh, I I do. I mean, reading this as much as like it makes me sad that as recently as November, this movie was like considered not really any closer to getting made. I still think it's kind of awesome sounding. I would love to see this movie. Yeah. I, I think like, there's there's we had a lot of good discussions back in the day on like what the magic movie would be and there's enough characters now. I mean, it just yeah. took, it took them long enough to to make enough planeswalkers and relevant characters. I don't know all those characters other than like the random red shirt Blood. villains uh, are like from seven years ago. Well, okay, so like the top, the leads are all from like seven or eight years ago. But you can tell that the story is inspired primarily by Kaladesh. Yeah, recent I mean, story. I don't even know if that's true. I think the story is mostly inspired by pre. They drew, they drew a lot of elements yeah. from Lorwyn, obviously, and picking Chandra's the cast. Parents, obviously, parent. and parents. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. So that's our information on the movie. Uh, I think that pretty much concludes everything on there. There's a couple notes that we got about directors they'd gone out to writing sessions, new drafts of scripts. I know that the the director of the Lego movie at one point was uh, uh, propositioned to, to direct, and he passed on it. Um, That's two, it's Phil Lord and no, sorry, sorry, the Lego Batman movie. The Lego Batman movie. Um, so, but I mean, most of the stuff that we, that that stuff is which just, by the way snubbed at the Oscars this year. That yeah. movie was maybe one of the better ones, and um, not even for animated. The the weird Bull movie got nominated. The Bull movie, yeah, oh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand. <laughs> John Cena is a star right Like, now. I'm going to watch Lego Batman at least once every two years for the rest of my life. I, I will I, never, I, never I will it. never watch Ferdinand until I do. <laughs> by the time I, I, did, die. I did not watch the Lego Batman movie. You should. It's really yeah, good. I know. I heard. Your I name also, is never, saw the, I also never saw the Lego movie. The Lego so. movie regular is also really good. Oh, yeah, Lego movie regular is really That good. was a big snub at the Oscars. I remember 2014. Yeah. I was there when they announced and they didn't get a nomination. Yeah, but the song did. Yes, right. I remember that. All right. I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up. So that's our uh, our insider info yep. on the Magic movie. I hope you guys feel uh, like you learned something. Uh, hopefully there isn't like some announcement like two months from now that invalidates all of this. But then again, it's Hollywood, so that could totally happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, A, Fox just got by Disney, and Fox was yes. pretty so originally drawn this. this. There's probably going to be new eyes on all this information yeah. while Correct. they're assessing all of Fox's properties and figuring out where they want to go forward. Now, Disney does have a good relationship with Hasbro, so that does help the Magic Movies case on that end and the fact that this is another universe they could maybe build on that's slightly different than the ones they have and it could be a little bit more young-facing. It'll be very interesting. I hope they don't Dragon Ball Z it, which was just like my favorite example of just like the worst possible movie yep. based on a property that like literally changed every little thing and was problematic versus like 
taking it seriously and actually trying to do a good job and actually get these characters. The, the heart of what we just like we're, we're just discussing feels like it's it's got enough going for it that I think it'll work. I think um, it's a, it's a, a little generically tropey. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like everything. But that, I think that that's something you can write out. These this is just like you know correct, literally correct. these are the people we want in the movie. And, you know, how they, what we need them for. You right. can do, I right. think you could do lots with these tropey characters. I mean, to give you a sense of, so there's a note from 2008. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Studio sees it like the good, the bad, and the ugly, or the Magnificent Seven, but set in a fantasy universe. They're looking for directors with strong visual sense. It's Hasbro's biggest title. So that's 10 years ago, and this is 10 years later. This is where we are. It's not that different from the initial description. So, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see how things move. Hopefully in 10 years, we're not, we're not doing the recap of this episode. Well, what happened the last time we talked about this? Uh, maybe, you know, we'll see. Uh, super exciting. Excited that hopefully this happens. This is like the most current information that's out there. So. Yeah. So, uh, breaking Masters of Modern Coco <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. So t- tweet at us, you know, ask any questions. Um, I think it goes without saying that uh, this information is totally anonymous and we will not discuss that ever. So <laughs> don't ask. Um, and otherwise, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, where can they find you, Michael, if they want to follow along with you? Uh, I'm on the Facebook group. Uh, you can find me there. I'm also a moderator on the Discord, as we discussed earlier. So I generally check it to try and fulfill my modly. Yeah, duties. I would say the best place to find it is the Discord, because yeah, that also true. helps us pitch out. And you, you should all go check out the Discord. If you want a link to the Discord, uh, it is on the Facebook page somewhere pinned. Maybe it'll yeah. also be in the episode description, and it'll episode. be in the episode description. Great. We can't really give you the link via podcast, www.http.discord.slash.com. Don't go to that website. <laughs> Keep um, that from work. I wonder if someone has www.http.com. Someone check. <laughs> where can the folks find you, Alex? Uh, I am at the MMCast, at Kess Wiley, and go. at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter. Yes, uh, make sure they go to all of those things. Uh, I'm everywhere. My birthday's tomorrow, and I broke my arm two weeks ago. It's been a weird. It's been a weird three weeks. The best part, though, is that you can go buy Kess toys at Target yeah. right now. Very Ice cool. hoops, drop dot Very balls, cool. drop dot mini balls. They feel awesome. They're really pretty. Go check them out. And yep. the toy aisle in the sports section at every Target in the country. Yep. So that's that. Um, Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash the MMCast and uh, 10 Minutes Anchor of Station on, on 10 Anchor. Minutes of Modern. We're also going to, we're thinking about starting a new YouTube channel, so let us know what you think about that. Yeah, we appreciate your thoughts. I think it's coming. We just have to find, you know, any time in the world to do anything. Perfect. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.